0: Hello, I am Len, I'm one of the pastors here at Mariners, and thank you for joining us today. Whether this is your first time here with us, or you've been part of the Mariners family for a long time, I want to let you know just how much we appreciate you joining us today. Please take a moment and text the word welcome to the phone number on your screen below. If you've not introduced yourself to us yet, we really would enjoy hearing from you. And if you've been part of the church for a while, go ahead, and if you would, please fill out the digital communication card. Again, the links are below or in the phone app. We really would appreciate hearing from you. So, please take that step. Well, hey, let me start off by saying, when I was a kid growing up, and, fr- and frankly still to this day, <laughs> I get excited around Christmas time um, to watch those classic claymation holiday shows. And one of my favorites, and I think most everybody's favorite, is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I imagine you've seen it, so remember with me, if you would, when they're out in the storm and they're hiding in that ice cave, um, the bumble is cornering them, and Yukon Cornelius begins to go on the offensive, pushing the bumble back. Suddenly, the bumble falls over the edge of the cliff, but sadly, Yukon goes with him. Oh no, everybody's in despair and sadness overtakes them all at the loss of their dear friend. But a few scenes later, Yukon shows up with the bumble, who is now a humble bumble, and everyone wonders how they survived the fall, to which Yukon says, didn't I ever tell you Bumbles, bounce. That's what we're going to be talking about today. That's our very topic today. You see, you and I, we bounce. Bounce back, that is. We're in this series that we're calling This Changes Everything. And we've been looking at lessons we've learned from this past year during the pandemic. We've realized that the world is a lot more fragile than we thought, that people are far more important than we thought, that our spiritual growth is our responsibility, and today, well, we are more resilient than we thought. Last year, and frankly, even this year to this day, continues to be so very difficult for all of us around the world. The pandemic, the loss of life, health, jobs, and if that wasn't enough, here in the U.S., we had this national turmoil with protests and and one of the most divisive elections in history. And frankly, it's a wonder that all of us have not just gotten in a fetal position in the corner crying out for our mommies. It's been a rough season. And I don't mean to trivialize the very real loss of life and other challenges that we've faced. For many, this past year has been quite tragic. But the fact is, most of us are still here today. And by coming through to the other side of this, we realize that we're resilient. We, like the bumble, bounce. In just a few minutes, I want to take some time to look at that and how God has used this to shape us. But first, let's spend a few moments in worship together through song, spending some time in gratefulness and mindful of the power of God to bring us through the challenges of life. (sighs) I just love these songs because they help to put things into proper perspective, which gives me a sense of peace and calm. Because you know what? It's so easy to just get caught up in ourselves, our situations, our challenges, and it all becomes then what? All about us. And frankly, when it becomes about me, I lose hope, because I know this world is way out of control, and I can't do anything about it. And this year was way more out of control than just about any other year in a long time, right? And for many of us, ever. But certainly, this isn't the first pandemic in world history. And there have been times of world war which lasted for years, and mankind has survived. So clearly, the will to live and the ability to endure is built within us. We bounce. But along the way, we've also seen small things which, we're, which really can take us down, and, and we're surprised, really, at just how raw we become and how little it takes to trigger us to melt down. Today, I want to spend a little bit of time looking at a letter Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. And in this letter, he talks about struggles faced by physical health, as as well as persecution for sharing his new faith in Jesus Christ. Basically, he gets honest about how weak he feels at times. And as he shares, he gave the church and us insight into how we can be more resilient than we might imagine. So let's just start on the same page. We all get beaten down. We all have hard times, and we feel we're at the end of us, and we just just have no idea how we're going to move forward. And I know that we don't all survive medical issues, and many do give up in some of the circumstances and struggles that they face, and even worse, in life itself. But in most circumstances, we bounce back. And we can bounce back more effectively when we understand and apply truths in our lives. Frankly, it can really be summed up a lot in what Paul shared last week. When we take intentional action to grow in Christ, we're set up best to face the difficulties in life. So please, listen to that message, perhaps even again. Again, reaching back to my childhood, I had this inflatable punching clown. Maybe you had one of those as well. The bottom was weighted and every time you hit it, it bounced right back up. How can we be more like that? How can we take the blows of life and bounce back, get right back up? Part of growing in our faith though, is to discover the role of challenges, great and small, uh, that the role that they have in our lives. And when we do, we will be more likely to bounce back quicker and stronger. Paul wrote in this letter, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Now, I've put together a few truths or principles from this passage that will help us to become more resilient. And the first is is that difficulties reveal where we place our trust. Difficulties reveal where we place our trust. Now again, we all have difficulties. But when we have them, how do we respond? In worry, in despair, in dread, or in peace, in confidence, in hope? More likely, all of them, right? At any given moment, you may be all over the map with some of those responses. It's rarely just that extreme. We often have a myriad of responses. But one thing that we can discover, if we're honest with ourselves, is where our trust is placed. In how we respond. Is it in ourselves? We're just trying to gut it through and and make it. Is it in others? We're expecting somebody to rescue us. Is it in our government? Or is it in God? And I mean the big picture thing. Where's your source of hope? Where's your source of peace coming from? Where do you find confidence and hope? And if you aren't experiencing that, there's there's a high likelihood that you're really not trusting in the provision and the strength of God. Now, I don't mean that in a judgmental cliché sort of way either. It's easy to say to somebody or have somebody say to us, well, you're just not trusting God enough. You ever felt that way or heard that? Well, that just produces guilt. And, And that's like some sort of manufactured effort. Yet there is a truth built, built in relationship, that when I know God deeply, which is why I encourage you to listen to last week's message again. See, when I know God deeply, I can experience just how trustworthy He really is. Just how He can take me through each situation how he grants me strength and peace to face all things. So ask yourself that clarifying question right now, from time to time when you're facing struggles. Am I trusting God? Next, recognize that it's in our weakness that God works. God works In our weakness, Paul continues to write this. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Now, look at the source of where those challenges come from that Paul listed. Troubles. Well, those are experiences that are coming from the outside. Perplexed, well, that's various sorts of mental challenges, right? Hunted down, that's specifically here, persecution for our faith in Jesus Christ. Suffering in our bodies, perhaps that's illnesses or, or frankly, a result of a form of persecution. But see, the source of of the trial, the source of the difficulty is not the issue no matter where they come from or how big they are we can rely on the power of god in us despite being fragile jars of clay god gives us the ability to bounce back because he is at work he is at home in our weakness when the pandemic first started um And everything went into lockdown. I remember Pastor Paul saying very early on, encouraging us with this phrase, we, the church, we're built for times like this. Why? Because God is doing what he does. God's light is shining in our hearts, and we should be the most capable to handle difficult times and circumstances. Not because we're so strong, no, absolutely not, because we're actually weak. Why? Because in our weakness, God becomes strong. Later in this letter, the apostle writes some, about some sort of chronic physical problem that he is dealing with, and he says this, three times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. God's grace is all we need. God's power works best when we recognize our weakness and rely on him. Great response from God. So Paul continues by saying this, so now I'm glad to boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness. And in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. (laughs) A great attitude from Paul, right? Rather than fight the struggle, rather than try to gut it out and overcome and be strong in his own strength, accept that we're not. Accept our fragility. And let God shine his strength through us, rather than be ashamed that we're weak, flip the script and get excited about them, because then God is strong. Next, these challenges, guess what? They grow us. Challenges grow us. Okay, so let's say you're tracking with me to this point, and you know that you're going to eventually bounce back from life's blows. That doesn't mean you still want to get knocked down again and again, right? Of course not. Christians, we're not looking for difficulties on purpose. But James, the brother of Jesus, tells us this in his letter. To consider the blows with pure joy. What? Pure joy? Listen to it. He says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything." Again, flipping that script, not only do I accept my weaknesses, but I consider trials. I face them with joy. Why joy? Because there's a purpose at the end of it all. Maturity, completeness, not lacking. And frankly, that gives me joy. When we trust God, when we accept our weakness, and he becomes strong in us, then the challenges we face become tools in God's hands to grow us. Back in Paul's letter again, he says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles, they're small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Now again, you might hear that and say, okay, Paul, my troubles are most definitely not small. Maybe yours were, but mine are not. So I just want to take a moment and remind you that Paul was no stranger to life's blows. He was beaten, often by crowds, definitely by guards. He was imprisoned for long stretches of time. He was shipwrecked, bitten by poisonous snakes, and then, of course, had this chronic ailment that plagued him. So when he says they are small and won't last long, he has seen them from the view of eternity and the ultimate benefit. I know 2020 and even the start of this year seemed and seems like it will never end. And many of us certainly faced far different levels of disruption and pain through it all. But it really is just a blip of time in all of human history. And then to contrast that in light of eternity, our troubles really are, as one version says, a light and momentary affliction. Lastly, on how we can bounce back more effectively, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. I have a neighbor who's an artist and takes old car parts or pipes or anything metal that's tossed away and she gathers them up to make sculptures. Kurt, our youth pastor, just recently took some old fence board and pallets and he made for me a potting bench. Many businesses have been created to take plastic waste from landfills and oceans and they make things like shoes and any number of products. Now, if we, as people, know how to take what is tossed away and make something new from it, how much more do you think God can do this? You see, God is in the business of healing what is broken, finding what is lost, comforting what is in pain, and so much more. He reclaims. He recycles. He redeems. He restores. And you might feel that you're at the very bottom. Life has beaten you down, and you can't see any hope. God does. You might think your marriage is beyond repair or your finances can never come back. God restores. You might be bitter and deeply wounded from an abuse experience. God heals. For God who said, let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. God has seen every part of our lives, all the darkness that we have endured or created, and none of it repels him. His light shines through it all, and we can experience the greatness of God. His power working through us every time we give him all of our experiences and choices and challenges he makes it all new and uses it to shape us to grow us and even sometimes to give us a platform to serve others a very familiar quote from Romans that I want to remind you of and we know that God causes Everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And just so you know, this isn't a one-off. This principle and truth is woven throughout the Bible. Joseph, early on in the Old Testament, speaking to his brothers who many years prior sold him into slavery, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. So specifically to those who have been wounded by the hands of others, I understand the hurt and the anger that one has when they've been misused and hurt by others. And I know that the journey of healing, you know what, it may take a good while, but none of it, hear me, none of it is out of God's reach. He uses every experience of our lives to shape us. His light and power work through it all. We can bounce back. We are more resilient than we realize. A great quote by an author and speaker says, Wasting nothing, God will use every hardship, every bruise in your life to strengthen your faith and train you in godliness. You will be ready for whatever today or tomorrow will bring. When Diane and I were newly married a lot of years ago, we set off to Chicago for my graduate schooling. Two of our best friends also went with us, and they got an apartment in the same building as us. And as we were each furnishing our respective apartments, one of the guys said he was bringing a table from his family from his childhood when he was growing up this table to use in his dining room. And for a few weeks prior to its arrival, arrival, he kept saying that he was unsure if it was even going to fit in the apartment because it was really such a big table. Well, the table arrived and we helped to move it into the apartment. And I swear, it wasn't much bigger than a card table. The four of us barely fit around it. And in shock, he said, well, when I was a boy, it just seemed so big. But he wasn't a boy any longer. He was a grown man, and he saw things differently now. When he was small, it seemed big. But when he was big, it seemed small. Did the table change? No, he did. None of our difficulties that we are going to face are gonna be changed by what I said today. They're very real and they're very big and possibly very painful. Nothing I say is going to take away our pain and our struggles. What I do offer is a different way to look at them from God's point of view and not from yours. How do we face the the inevitable difficulties of life? When we look at our troubles alone, man, they're huge, aren't they? They're overwhelming, and, and we're certain that they're going to crush us. But when God is on our side and ruling in our hearts, they become small. We will bounce back when we trust God. When we accept that we are weak and He is strong, God's grace is enough. When we choose to grow, to consider it joy and embrace the shaping that God is doing. And then when we come full circle and trust that God uses it all, redeems it, restores it, rebuilds it, nothing is wasted. You know, we can choose to let trials break us, to get bitter, to stay angry, to live in fear and despair, many do, but you don't have to, you don't have to, you can bounce back when you face life with Jesus, it's your choice, would you pray with me? God, thank you so much that you don't promise just to magically take all the difficulties away But instead, you redeem them and use them to teach us, to grow us, to reveal to us just how trustworthy and capable and powerful you are. That God, you want to reveal to us your great love, compassion, comfort, peace, hope, freedom, forgiveness, and the list goes on because you are that great and you love us that much. Oh, God, help us to get our eyes off of our challenges and to put them squarely on you. Help us to start by growing in a relationship with you where we know you deeply and our trust is built. Help us, God, to see that our weakness is nothing to be ashamed of, but your strength is something to rejoice in. God, help us to recognize that All of those horrible experiences that we may have faced in the past are not just something on the side that was just unfortunate and horrible, but God, even those, you have the ability to redeem them and use them for good. Thank you that we get to be a part of that process. I pray for those that maybe right now are making that discovery for the first time and are considering reaching out to follow a God like that. God, I pray that you will meet them in their hurt and their overwhelming feeling that life is crushing them and that you would help them to bounce back in the hope and the freedom that comes from following you, from knowing you. For those that do know you, but every once in a while their eyes get off of you. We all do from time to time. God, help us to fix our gaze back onto you, to to look at you, to put our trust in you again and again. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you don't shame us when we fall into that trap of not trusting you enough. You don't shame us at all. You just invite us back to relationship with you. And I pray, God, that you would help us to walk side by side with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.